Yo. All right, let's do it. All right, let's get right into it. First this of all, is episode one of the Trip Around Cider podcast. And the uh, first thing we're going to talk about is football. We got 10 minutes going live now. I am a shitty Washington Commanders football fan because I want to talk about our favorite teams. And Kate is unfortunately a shitty Chicago Bears football football fan. Yeah, definitely. But I would say, like, my love for the Bears is definitely, like, when the Bears are good, I'm like, hell yeah. And when the Bears suck, I'm like, oh, that sucks, but it doesn't, like, tear me down. Yeah. Like, the, when the White Sox are bad, it hurts my soul. I'm so. used to Washington being bad. They've been bad for a long time. But every year, like, you, because it seems like we draft good every single year. And I get people that we like, but then we either trade them away for what they're not worth. Like, for example, Chase Young. Montez Sweat. I, Montez Sweat, we got a second round, which I'm – Yeah, that's true. That's I'm, true. I'm, to the Bears, ironically. I'm not too mad about yeah. that. But I am annoyed about um, Chase Young going for a conditional third-round pick to the 49ers yeah. who have Nick Bosa and company, and their team's already so good that it's just – yeah. It's frustrating to see how Wait. how much better they got, and then what does that do for us? It's all unknown. Like we could draft terribly yeah. that conditional third round. Pick. I mean, you could you could draft though. There's a lot of third round picks that have turned out good, but uh, yeah, I definitely get what you mean. And then um, look at uh, uh Trent Williams too, one of the greatest tackles of all time to the 49ers yeah. again for I yeah. think got a third round pick for him as well, and it's just like, what do we do? <laughs> yeah, and with the Chase Young trade. It's like you went from a guy that was a second overall pick, and like he was good when he played. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, he was. How much was he playing? What do you think about Justin Fields next year? Do you think he stays in Chicago, or do you think they move on? I'm not gonna act like I know what the Bears are gonna do because I think the front office is clueless. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they should keep him. See why trying to develop another quarterback in a broken system. Do they so have? Many- do they have a th- second and a third next year? Second and third what? Pick in the draft. Overall pick? Yeah. It depends. Actually, this game <laughs> does a lot because I'm pretty sure the Bears get their pick and the Panthers' first-round pick. Yeah, and the, the Panthers are 1-7 right now. The Bears are 2-6. and six. Uh, Yeah, I think so. so. So, yeah, right now they're the 1-2 teams in the draft. Which is, I don't know if a team has ever got the first two overall picks. That is crazy. I was looking at mocks, and I could they were kind of talking about maybe moving on from Fields, depending on how the rest of the year goes. He's been hurt. But they were talking about moving on from him and dra- uh, drafting Drake May and then potentially drafting Marvin Harrison as well. I get that. I haven't watched enough college football to know if Drake May is here and Caleb Williams is here, 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 you know what? But – Everything I've heard is Caleb Williams is the guy. But then at the same time, USC has lost however many games and he's kind of very struggling. Yeah. Uh, but again, I just don't see young quarterbacks and not going to do well in a broken system. I don't care who it is. And Justin Fields is the quarterback that can do something in a broken system because he's so fast and he's elusive and he can run. Yeah. We'll get Bryce Young in Carolina. I mean, that dude is a dog in college and he's not doing anything. Yeah, struggling. Yeah. So, I don't think it makes any sense for them. 
uh, I think they should keep one of those picks. I don't know where like a receiver is going to go. But Marvin yeah. Harrison seems to be like generational talent. I feel like he could go anywhere through one through ten, depending on where people fall in the draft and what they need. Because obviously, there's teams that need a quarterback right now. Like you have the Cardinals are probably going to get the first draft pick. Because I think, well, Kyler's back this week. I think I don't know if he's going to play this week, but he's back this week off IR. Mm-hmm. I don't know the what they're going to do there, but it does. It ne- it's never seemed like that relationship has been too good. Wants to play football. Let's <laughs> play Call of Duty. No, I like I play Call of Duty or or play baseball. I can see him. I mean, he was a first round MLB top top ten pick. Fifteen, wasn't? I think he was taking fifteenth overall. But either way, it's like I think that guy could easily just be like, you know what? I did what I wanted to do here, uh, and then try something else out. Yeah. So he got so, paid. What did? He- he got a contract with Arizona. I don't know how much is left on it, but I know he got paid, and I thought he had at least a couple of years left. But I mean, I don't know. If, I think they just want to part ways with him. Yeah, I don't think he's the guy that's going to bring him. I just don't think he's in the game enough. I don't think he loves the game enough to you know take him to the next level. Do you think he's not that? Like, do you think his size plays a role in him not being no. successful? No, you just think he's maybe. Getting hurt, but I don't really know his his uh, injury history. The way like is that because of size, or is that just you know, an ACL? Like I don't know if that really matters. On your size, oh, dude, the, I mean he's unbelievable. Yeah. And he's good. He's unbelievable. He's oh my god, yeah, he just makes plays. Him. Well, what about Bryce Young? Because Bryce Young's small. Like he's smaller dude. than Kyler Murray. Yeah, I don't know. Why is he? I mean, and he's he doesn't play like. I mean, Kyler literally just takes off and you can't touch him. He's so elusive. I don't know if Bryce Young's got that in him. And I don't watch the Panthers games this year. But, again, if you're in a broken system, it's really hard to flourish. Yeah. And with Trevor Owens, you know, that was coming up. They're like, he's the best guy since Peyton Manning. How much did he struggle in his first two years? Um, you think he's the best guy but- since Peyton Manning, quarterback, draft-wise? No, 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 no. But when he was coming out, they were sick. Oh, okay. And the Jags struggled bad his first two years. But then they eventually built up the team. And so it's like now he's flourishing in a way. I don't think his numbers are crazy. But, um, you know, you put a team around a quarterback and then, yeah, he's got some guys to throw to. He's got some guys that can block for him. He's got a defense that keeps him off the field and I have to score 40 points a game. Yeah. How about my guy, Sam Hall, Sammy Dodds? Dog. Dog. <laughs> Dude, he is. And, like, it's a guy that is kind of flourishing in a bad system. Bad system. Like, <laughs> He's got 15 total touchdowns and then nine interceptions. Four of those interceptions are in one game. And that was against yeah. the Bills defense when the Bills looked like they were a Super Bowl favorite. I don't. I think it was, like, week yeah. two or three. I think it was May yeah. three. But – it was also just a super rainy day, and he just – he threw balls that could have been either touchdowns or interceptions, and you can't really get mad at a quarterback for taking chances like that. I, but it was very Josh Allen-esque, kind of the same thing that he does. And, <laughs> and how many times does Josh Allen throw three or four picks, and then he gets glazed because I, they end up winning on a Josh Allen fourth uh, quarter drive? 
Yeah, exactly. Because he, he just makes plays. Like, he just it's makes, all relative. Yeah, I know. It's all relative. I, I so. can't be mad about, like, Sam Howell and what he does just because he's so much fun to watch and he takes chances. It's so much yeah. more fun watching him because, realistically, this is a rookie year. So yeah. he's going to – you can compare him to guys like C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, um, even Kenny Pickett, even though Kenny had a year last year. But Sam looks good, I feel like, compared to most of those guys besides C.J., who's got 14 touchdowns, one interception. And yeah, he's five of those in one game. I mean, he, he went off against yeah. the Bucs. So yeah. but I mean, those guys are just – some of them are super fun to watch. I'm kind of excited to see how C.J. does this year, the rest of the year yeah. and in the following years to come. Because the Texans – I feel like next year, if they keep going at the rate they're going, they got some sleepers, man. Or they're a sleeper. They do. They do. They got good wide receivers. They still Seems got Will like... Anderson on the defensive side. Their offensive line's pretty yeah. good. They paid them. So mm-hmm. they're young. I don't know. They'd be fun to watch. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, just to finish on the football talk, like with Sam Hall, mm-hmm. I think that's a guy that I don't know where he was taken in the draft. Fifth. But he's fifth overall. Fifth round. Oh, fifth round. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the fifth round. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, he wasn't a high draft pick. But it's like, you put a guy like that in a broken system, and all he wants is a chance. Oh, he just you know, He's not Bryce Young that knows he's going to start. He's like, I got it. Sam Howell's just like, I want to play some NFL games and see what happens. And he's got and nothing to lose. He must be doing what well, clearly he's doing a good job starting, but off-season, training camp, everything else. He's going up against Jacoby Brissett, and Jacoby Brissett's been in QB in the league for a while, and he's been successful. Yeah. He's not a bad quarterback at all. So for yeah. him to be playing and starting above Jacoby Brissett, like, they have to like something that he's doing. So yeah. no, I agree with that. So. Super Bowl projection. Probably. I have this to end on a football talk. Who do you think's going to win it? Okay. You know, any sport, it depends who's hot, but just consistency. The Eagles are unreal right now. Yeah, the I, Eagles are so damn good. Though I think that's easy, like I guess easy favorite to have right now. Safe bet. Safe, yeah, safe sure. bet. I'm gonna go kind of like I, I don't know if it's a hot take or sleeper take, I guess, but the Bengals just look good right now, and they're finally putting everything together. Joe Shiesty. Joe Burr, man. Yeah, Joe Burr. <laughs> Dog. I think he's. I think he's ready to go. He's a they, winner. He's the a winner. They, they played the 49ers and just kind of mutilated their defense, and yeah. then he he played a really good game against the Bills too. And that defense is very good. So I think yeah. I think they're finally in playoff shape, and they just but they're in the AFC North, which is the toughest division in football right now. They got to keep winning. Ravens need to start yeah. losing. I mean, their yeah. dealers are winning good. games with they score. They don't score on offense during their football games. They're somehow still winning, but. <laughs> yeah, they got some. Uh, I think the Bengals need to start winning games. Some other guys need to start losing. But now uh, I kind of talk about some of our hobbies, some of the things that Cade Meyer and Alex Porter like to do. Mm-hmm. That being I'll start that off right now, actually. All right, go ahead. Yeah. So most recent getting into is um, sawing logs in the boards, and this weekend I'm actually going to look at a sawmill. Oh, Alaskan sawmill. No, no, no. Look at Actually, yeah, I looked at them and really not that expensive um, for kind of what you're getting. What, and, uh, what would that cost? Well, Explain that, what a sawmill is for the people who don't know what a sawmill is. <laughs> um, so the one I'm looking at, it's like a portable sawmill. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
you can you know be mobile with it uh, to the different sites. The one I'm looking at right now with the trailer kit uh, is around five thousand um, dollars. That comes in the trailer. There's a pole behind. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think without the trailer, it's like thirty-five hundred, depending on some certain. You know, if you take this motor versus this motor, you know, whatever setup. But yeah, really all it is is, you know, imagine you got a big log, you know, a tree that's cut down. Yeah. And if you know anything about woodworking, it's pretty much a big bandsaw uh, that cuts the long way of the wood. And pretty much you take in a log and cut it into boards. Um, so, yeah, did uh did some with an Alaskan saw, which works well. If you're gonna do, you know, I think it took us 13 hours to do eight logs, which, yeah, and you got you gotta have I mean, two guys for sure. So yeah, this is kind of a one man operation and cut down some time. So I think it's usually depending on the size of the log, but 30 minutes a log. So yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting into right now. Because you have also like an endless forest of wood. <laughs> pretty much pretty much would you say that most of the like wood that you're going to cut are you going to use that for your own like use or are you going to try to sell it um mixed use for sure uh i don't think i could ever build enough furniture as the amount of wood i could cut down from just falling uh, trees yeah um in the woods like you don't even have to cut anything down just stuff that's falling or you know, or, you know, dead. But yeah. I saw also, was it like the sauna company? What is that? What was that? Yeah. <laughs> I got my banner today. So did you start like your own little business about like making saunas and everything? Building the website right now. And uh, it's in probably 75% I'd say. That was a while ago like to kind of get some more business before I publish it. Um, so there's different styles and layouts and stuff like that. So, you know, a customer can really see if I don't want a barrel sauna, which is what I have, you know, what else I can do. So this right now is just to get some advertisement of, um, you know, got my name, got my, my business email address. <laughs> and get some orders in because I'm going to put it on the existing song and then park it over at brother-in-law's shed. They run a wrestling academy and I'm hoping to really get into the wrestling market. I think that would be good use for the, there, there's a lot of uses for that song business. There you go. All right. Enough song. Talk. So, yeah. What are you, what have you been up to? Working, unfortunately, which is yeah. not my When I'm not working, all I've been doing free time well school work but when i am not doing school work then i am going deer hunting with a couple of my good buddies and my dad (laughs) (laughs) i would say because i took a couple years off hunting just because one you're just so busy with life and i guess you have a, a ton of other stuff got like going on like school for example and then work obviously we're young trying to develop our careers and your hobbies kind of get put on the back burner for a little bit, but I recently started to 
try to go full steam ahead and doing stuff that I want to do and kind of being selfish in that sense. And hunting is mm-hmm. one of them things that you can go out, you can sit, and you're not really necessarily hunting to go out and kill an animal. That's not the goal of a hunt. The hunt is just you're out there in nature. You're kind of just uh, like soaking everything in. It's fun to just be as still as you can, be as quiet as you can, and just hear nature come alive around you. And I don't think there's really anything more peaceful than that, especially in a world that never shuts off. It's nice to just go somewhere where it does for once. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, for the listeners, one of the buddies that he's been hunting with. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, agree. I took a few years off hunting because I was in school. And that was kind of like when you were too, because mm-hmm. we've talked about it. I mean, it's it's fun to hunt when your friends are hunting. Yeah. Um, you know? But yeah, like you said, I don't think a lot of people understand how loud nature can be. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever you're outside, if you're especially like, you know, out of a town or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and you're walking around, well, every time you walk around, like every animal kind of shuts up because it hears you walking around. Right. But you go to a tree stand and you sit there for 20 minutes or whatever, and then everything kind of eases up. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. is he gone? Or they just, you know, the the stress is kind of gone, and you see everything. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Like the the one time this year when I was hunting, I saw a group of deer, like I think three standing in a little circle, yeah. and a raccoon walked in between them and stood in the middle of three deer. And I was like, this is so weird. Like, where's Snow White at? Right. You know, I just it felt like she should have been whistling behind me or something like that. So yeah, super cool. It's it's fun, but me and you both need to get a deer. <laughs> I know. I I I, I want to. I don't want to be that guy that says like, oh, I I could get a deer almost every time I go out because it's not necessarily the case. But a large majority of the times I go hunting, I probably can shoot a doe mm-hmm. or I can shoot a buck or whatever. But it's just one. It's a lot of work, it, and two. I'm not one to just take something's life unless I'm fully like invested in doing it, and obviously there's a whole process that you have to go through after you shoot an animal you have to give thanks to the deer and you have to make sure you kind of honor that that deer's life and what it's giving you it's it's providing food for your family and it just provided you with an amazing experience overall hunting is it's just like a special thing and if you don't do it if you're not if you've never done it you won't understand the feeling that you get from doing it but Mm -hmm. it just provides you with a bunch more than just meat in your freezer so, but yeah, I, yeah. I agree that, you know, maybe this weekend, me and my buddy that I go <laughs> hunting with should get a deer. <laughs> yeah, I had some, some venison tonight, actually, so, um, yeah, need to keep the freezer full, but yeah, like you said, I don't know who I'm talking to when I kill a deer, but it's definitely like you see that animal and there's something that you, it seems like you need to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. You're like, hey. Big guy upstairs, or whoever you yeah. talk to, it's like I appreciate this opportunity because it's not because it's it's definitely spiritual and not in like you're talking to God or whatnot, but you're talking to someone, and it's almost you just feel just spiritually invested in that animal's life. And yeah. is it part, Mother Earth? Maybe? It, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's like you feel like you're a part of Mother Nature at that sense. I don't know that maybe that's what you're talking, yeah. and, and you yeah. genuinely feel like a presence of, after that takes place and. You can feel a deer is almost there with you, even though it's just its carcass. It's not 
it's not alive anymore. There's no soul within that yeah. animal, but you feel you feel something, and you you, yeah. just, you owe it to give thanks and just be respectful toward the animal um, for what it's given yeah. you. So yeah, and I think if you want to end on that, but, mm-hmm. um, you can feel when it happens the thousands of years of you know humans got to this point of which is um, hey like yes you're providing which is probably the biggest thing but also that that sense that gratitude uh, seems to also be kind of part of like you know your dna yeah it, it scratches an itch that you can't you don't get in normal society i mean it, we yeah, used to, well, that's not. all we used to do is just hunt and gather and survive. And yeah. you don't do that anymore. I mean, now you work a nine to five and that's basically your way of surviving because you need to make money to pay bills. Um, you can use money to purchase food and whatever you need to survive now, but you don't, mm-hmm. when you're hunting, I mean, it kind of brings you back down to the primal instinct that you have that yeah. you've always had, but nothing else can really give you that without going and you know, being in the woods and out, I, I guess not outsmarting an animal, but kind of outsmarting an animal. And it just gives you this sense of like, Holy shit. Like I'm out here and you can't just do this every day anymore. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. But I guess we can transition away from hunting. Cause I don't want to talk too much about it. And we can talk about golfing. <laughs> so how did, <laughs> Oh yeah. how did Mr. Cade mine? <laughs> When did you start golfing? When I start? Yeah, when did you start? I think I was probably about eight, I want to say. Did you say that? I know the first... Go ahead. Um, the first tournament I played in, I think I was in the eight nine H division. What's your lowest round? Ever? Yep. Um, 75. That's pretty good. Was that recent? Yeah, that, what was that? Was that recent? Not this summer, but last summer. I shot, and so I shot a 75 at the, the Westlake Golf Course, which I don't really like to, this is the most impressive thing. But I shot a 77 at Ingersoll, which felt a little bit more, I was probably more proud of that. That's a tight course. That's, yeah, that's kind of a tough course. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Can't miss there. It's wooded. I don't know. I think my best round ever was at 89, and that was at Edmonton Golf Course in Oskaloosa. And that was, like, to me, that felt, like, incredible. I feel like I was doing everything right, and I still <laughs> shot an 89, which it's like, damn, I'm not very good at golf. That was, like, hit yeah. my driver good. <laughs> like, everything. But to me, that, that's why there's that, handicap in golf. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I also started, like, that's how you score yeah. yourself. After COVID, I started, that's, I mean, the first time I ever golfed, and I've been golfing since then, but I played with mm-hmm. shitty clubs for a long time, which I don't think clubs have too much of an impact on your ability to golf. It's the ability to just do the same thing over and over again with your golf swing, which yeah. clearly I don't really have, but I enjoy the hell out of it. It's probably my favorite hobby. Yeah. For our listeners, I've never seen someone get the golf itch like <laughs> this guy, and which is funny. Be as bad as me. <laughs> There's times. I've never heard someone. Never heard someone say. I think I figured it out as many times as this. Guy. And then go out there and proceed to not have it figured out. 
there's definitely times where I golf and it's like, oh shit, like this guy is not too bad. But there's a lot of times where it's like, dude, like, what are you doing? There's no way you're golfing this bad right now as much as you golf. But and every time that I see you playing, then damn, like you're playing good today. Is the times that you're golfing against me, like in, <laughs> in, a, in a team format, and there's money on the line. I know. I've never golfed good with you on my team, but I think it's because. Like mentally, I just I know that you're probably gonna hit a good shot, so I think I, I think I get too loose. But when I'm playing against you, or when I'm playing against like in a in a team format against someone who I know is a good golfer, I know I have to <laughs> play better, and I think it just gives me like a little competitive itch to do better and to focus in a little bit more. So we need to bring up this summer when we were at the electrician's golf outing. Oh yeah, when. Uh, when Alex here decides to play in a 4v4 against the group in front of us. And at the time, at the time, I think they were 500 and we were 300. Yeah, so we were like, you know what? We're going to hang with these guys. And the day ended, uh, they were 17 under. I think. And we were five. <laughs> and we were five. We tried our best. <laughs> to be fair, well, our, other two, our two other teammates were someone you do not take a golf bet with no in my uh, the other four guys that we were playing against we didn't know it at the time three of them played college golf and one of them was just a freak athlete that's been golfing forever and no two of them played college golf the other one was a college baseball player you're right yeah and then the other one and then the other one was just yeah he's good he's athletic but i did warn you i was like i know him he's pretty good Dude, those other the two dudes that played college golf, and it's not like they're miles and like miles ahead of us and like distance or everything else, but it's just the con- the consistency they're, they're so consistent, much different than what we had. Like for every, you know, I would say for every one bad shot that they hit, we hit ten shots, be- like ten bad shots before it, it equaled out. It was just crazy. Yeah, and one of them yeah. hit a good shot. That was the thing. That exactly. Crazy. That that was the biggest thing playing them. Cause I feel like I played pretty solid that day, mm-hmm. um, especially like the first probably fourteen holds. Yeah, maybe last the last. Yeah, it kind of all fell off a little bit. Well, yeah, we were kind of more fucking around because um, at that point in time we were getting torched. But I mean, there was a lot of times where out of for the most part I was probably hitting the best shot on our team, <laughs> and then on their team, I mean they were all hitting pretty good shots. But I think for a decent amount of. Uh, that match, I was the second or third, maybe first in some cases, but probably second, third in a lot of cases. I'm like, I'm playing with them, but 4v1 was just too much to handle. <laughs> I know. I didn't play very good that either. I hit some good shots, but. you hit Yeah, you hit a few shots. It's just with you, if you can putt, then like, damn, like our team's going to be solid, but uh, I don't think you putt that great that no day. i can't remember i didn't but maverick did ironically maverick was putting the ball maverick did ball. yeah for the majority i would he say until the last five or six holes and then things kind of just fell apart but i would just hit a random good shot i don't know yeah. every once in a while i just didn't play consistent brock was brock. yeah bill he did chip in though he, he did chip in did he yeah before we started playing then because remember the one time I think I was gonna go first, and he looked at me. He's like, "I see the line. I see the line." Oh yeah. And then I was like, "Hey man!" I was like, "Hey man, if you see it, he walks up, chips in." Oh no. Oh boy. 
we lost happened right there. The uh, I got a little too aggressive. I don't remember him chipping in. You don't remember the? Uh, I don't oh. think that was that day. That was a different day. Yeah, it was. What was that? Was that the uh, school, the Rockford Public Schools? That was the Rockford Public Schools that he chipped in. No. No, because yes. you weren't playing with us. I know I wasn't playing. I, that's why I, I don't remember it. <laughs> I don't think he did. We, me and Maverick hmm. almost chipped in on the second hole. Like he put one, I, I would say he put one like a foot, and the, I lipped out from like I don't think we were like fifteen yards. But no, I don't remember Brock. So, but yeah, yeah. I mean, the golf thing. I think it's funny with not, not the word. <laughs> this way, but there's a lot of times where guys get so pissed off with the game of golf, and um, it's funny how, for the most part, like you, Maverick, most of our friends, you know, really have taken up in the last four or five years. And sometimes you guys split the game, and for me, I think I had like all those moments from eight years old to fourteen because I was like, trying to be good. So now, I mean, I, I can shoot like pretty good some days, and I can shoot terrible, and I'll get mad at myself for, like, you know, that. But to me, that game is like the one thing in my life that I'm like, this has to stay pure joy. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I like it, the the moment I start getting mad at golf is when I put it down mm-hmm. because I don't want that. Like, I don't want to ruin the game like that. Yeah, it depends on who I'm golfing with because there's certain people where, like, when I like get all mad, like kind of like rage per se. I'm doing it just to make my friends laugh because I know they think it's funny. Yeah, no, and I get that. Most of the time, I'm just like, there's nothing I can do, and if I want to get better at this, I need to <laughs> practice, and I don't practice. So how can I get mad about yeah. something that I don't put a ton of effort into being good at? I mean, I like yeah. doing it. No. Like that's not practicing. There's no intent. Like <laughs> I know I'm not gonna get better by me just standing in the hallway practicing my golf swing. Like it's not gonna help. Uh, but you don't get worse. You don't get worse, but it's probably not very intentful. I actually probably I would argue, <laughs> I would argue that you do get worse because you find more error. Like you just you think you're practicing something the right way, but you have no way of telling it. There's no there's nothing to tell you that there's no feedback. Yeah, that movement that you did worked. So yeah. I would argue that you could get worse from that. But Maybe I'll take that back. to transition out of the golf talk and um, the reason I guess that I am able to golf. Let's talk about my near-death day, yesterday, 11-8-2023, because that was my 40th oh, yeah. anniversary of not dying. So, Did I guess we'll... Uh, the reason you can golf? The reason I can <clears throat> the reason I can golf because I made a good recovery, but um, I guess we'll kind of yeah. just quickly... I'll say what I can say about the incident. I was at work, and... Are you under, are you under legal like reasons to not say specific things? I don't know. I feel like it's probably the way you said that, the way you said that it was like, Oh, is he like, did he sign something? I don't know. I definitely had to sign some stuff, but I don't know what I can and what I can't say. Basically I was at work. I was getting ready to start welding and I was walking to my tie off and there was an area that was open in the parking deck I was working on. And I stepped through that and fell and uh, landed on concrete on the right side of my body. I didn't know I fell until I hit the ground. And then I shattered my elbow, my hip, and then I think like every rib on the right side of my body was either bruised or like cracked. And um, 
I think my initial diagnosis from the doctor was that his goal for me was to be able to walk without pain and hopefully be able to walk normally again someday. And I just remember hearing that like doped up in the hospital bed after I had just had my hip surgery and I had to have another elbow surgery in like three days. And, uh, I remember him telling me that and I was just kind of like, yeah, we'll see. Like, we'll see what I can do. And, um, it ended up being like way worse than I thought it was going to be. Cause you, you can't really grasp how serious it is until it is. I, I just, I remember the first time I tried to move my arm after surgery, like I not, and this was like a couple weeks after, but physically my arm is just like dead bolted in one spot. There's nothing I can do. <laughs> and because they had to take my tendon, they had to basically stretch it out and pin it to the bone so I can move my arm again. Mm-hmm. And I just remember the first time trying to do that. I'm like, oh shit, like this is gonna be tough. And yeah. months and months and months of physical therapy, months of being in a wheelchair, um, from learning how to put a sock on my right leg for the first time to putting deodorant on my left armpit, my right arm for the first time to touching the back of my neck with my right arm for the first time, and just and so on and so on. You remember all these little things that like you take for granted, and. Uh, just kind of led me to be like, well, Hey man, like let's make the best of what we got. You know, like you're, you're messed up. I got diagnosed with 80% functionality, my right arm and my right leg. And, uh, I just wanted to make the best of what I, I just wanted to play the hand I was dealt. And so I started not only like, was I doing physical therapy consistently? I started to work out once I was finally out of my wheelchair and able to have weight, like lift actual weights. It started off just like bands and then I'd go to like five pounds, 10 pounds, and then so on. And eventually, I, I can say this with confidence, I was in the best shape of my life around a, the year mark. The year mark after my accident, probably, yeah, 10 to 12 months after my accident, I was in prime like shape. I looked good. I felt good. I was running every day. I was lifting every day. I was eating better. I was drinking a ton of water. And mentally, I think I was in one of the best places I've ever been as well. Because I went through, as you know, like I went through... A lot of other things during that time period where I, I had a girlfriend for a long time and her and I ended up splitting up during that time frame. And that was hard. Um, but all this just at once, it's it's terrible. It sucks. You, it's so easy to feel bad for yourself. But once you're done and once you finally crawl out of that hole, you're never going to get self-growth from anything more than what I went through. And I just, that was huge for me. I mean, that was... I, I, I wouldn't change a single thing that took place. I really wouldn't. I yeah, no, I agree. I mean, being around you during that time, um, I mean, for the listeners, like, this guy was, what, 110 pounds? Yeah. I mean, you were, you were tiny. Yeah. And, I mean, laying in the bed, he looked like he got out of a concentration camp. I mean, you were, you did not look good. No. And, uh, I mean, I think one of the things in a way that really helped it was COVID because with the world kind of you know coming to a halt, mm-hmm. it lets you put almost all your time into like your in physical that, therapy. Yeah. And so I mean shout out to Garage Gym. Like <laughs> right. you really and you like you attacked it there and like you you got in really good shape. Um and I would say like you were saying with like your mental health uh to me, it, like looking back at that moment, being around you, it's kind of like if you 
if you look at someone trying to climb it's like man there are a million hurdles in the way and you know literally near-death experiences right um, your mindset and like your aura that you've given out at the I would, I would say even before one year probably like between eight months to a year mm-hmm. um, you kind of just had the aura of someone that got to the top of the mountain and was just like looking at the entire God's green earth below you. And, you know, just someone that is like, you know, just taking in every hardship and um, struggle that was in your way and just saying like, damn, like what else you got? Cause like, I'm going to get it. Like it was, it was cool. I mean, I know myself and I think a lot of other people around me, maybe downplay that because like you came back so quick and so you know it was like within six months you were pretty much i would say kind of similar to like yourself you know before so it kind of seems like oh maybe it wasn't as bad as what was happening but like you said your doctors were saying you know you might walk again and we kind of came back with a full recovery so it was pretty crazy 